And welcome, guys, to the podcast. I'm your host, Jose, and I'm grateful to be here with you guys for the day. So before we get started, like you guys always know, we always have to do our announcements like we always do. If you guys aren't following us on our Facebook page, you should be at wildaboutanimals at facebook.com. Come join us. Be a part of the Wild family. It's a great way to stay connected to the community. You could also follow us on Twitter. Same thing. It's a good way to stay connected. Um, We're trying to, like I said, I'm learning how to maintain two social medias. I've never really used Twitter before, so this will be my first time actually using it so just be patient when we learn it on that um if you guys have any questions that you want me to ask live while the show is going on if you go to either one of those links and click the link down below leave your questions and i will answer them live while the show is going on um that also includes any shout outs any birthday shout outs that you guys want me to do that is also included in that as well um if you guys you know be on the lookout for our merch store it'll be out very soon i can't wait for you guys to see all the lovely merchandise that you guys will be able to use and anything that you decide to you know purchase you know it's up to you you know no pressure um and then like i said just keep the update with all the social medias and that's a good way to stay up to date with what we're doing um i hope you guys are having a lovely day um like i you know on wednesdays i get off of work early so you know i'm feeling pretty uh, pretty amped you know ready to relax and you know not have to get off at five today so you know but i wouldn't trade you know what i do for anything in the world so it's like you know it's kind of a pros and cons type of thing with any job or career path that you're going down um so i hope you guys are ready for the day because we're going to continue our whole spooktacular october theme uh animals for this month um because last week we did wolves based on werewolves and so this week we're going to be doing bats based off of vampires and there's a lot of things about bats that you know people probably don't understand and people just miscon you know misconstrued because you know bats have a very bad reputation for being these nasty critters and you know, they'd want to just bite you and, you know, drink your blood and, you know, they're, you know, and it's not none of that. It's none of that. Um, but we're going to take a small break with our, um, we're going to take a little break and we'll have a little ad play. Um, and I hope you guys get ready. We'll come right back and we'll get started with our show. Hey guys, this is your host Jose from the Wild About Animals podcast, and I just wanted to ask you guys, have you ever wondered if you guys could send me questions and I could answer you guys' live while the show was going on? Well, now I can. Thanks to Anchor, there's a link that I sent you guys on the Facebook page at Wild About Animals on Facebook, where if you leave me your questions, whether you type them or you can leave a voice message, I can actually answer it live while the show is going on. So if you really got some questions, go ahead and click that link and start today. All right, I hope you guys are ready to get started, so let's dive right in. So the first and foremost things, you know, like we said before, why we chose bats was because I'm pretty sure you guys have heard, you know, bats are related to Halloween by vampires and all this other stuff. You know, if a, if a bat bites you, it's going to suck your blood and all this other stuff. So people just can assume that all bats are blood suckers. Um, surprisingly, that's, you know, that's not the case. Um, there's like, because there's over 1,400 species of bats worldwide they can be pretty much found on every part of the globe except like polar regions and deserts um their sizes their differences in sizes is very unique to me because it's like bats range from the size where they weigh less than a penny but then they also can go up to where they have the wingspan of about six feet that's about the size range of the bat family um and the u.s alone is home to about a little bit over 40 species you know not even counting the species found in like the Caribbeans and the Pacific Islands and stuff like that. So, you know, bats are a very successful species of animals because they're so worldwide. Now, bats are unique 
because they are the only flying mammal known in the world. Um, you cannot count the flying squirrel and the sugar gliders because they do not fly, they only glide. So that doesn't classify as flying. Bats are the only mammals known that can actually fly, you know, in flight. Now, even though they do have the special characteristics, they are still mammals. They have hair, they they have they have to regulate their body temperature, they bury live young, and they also nurse them as well. But they still are the only mammals that can fly. So that is a pretty cool adaptation. Now, the way this probably happens, or you know, how do you you know, is because bats actually have evolved a structural adaption to allow such powered flight. Now, if you guys, I want you to envision, because I'm going to try to explain this the best way I can. I wish I could have like a PowerPoint. Um, but pretty much the structure of their wing membrane is attached. You know, there's bones, the bones in their bodies are supporting it. And if you look at the wing, you can actually see that the muscles and the, and the bat's body shape is ideal for flight because the bat is really small. And if you guys have, know, you know, the lighter you are, the easier it is for you to fly. That goes for birds and insects as well now. Because if you're a bigger animal that's trying to fly, it costs more energy for you to fly. And bats have evolved this thing where it's like they're so small and they they can they have to burn through all that energy. They stay that small size because it's easier for them to fly without being very big. Now, if you and with that, they also have the lightness and the maneuverability to have very pretty much agility when they're flying. They can even hover above flowers and, and catching insects midair without having the land i do think and you know when you find out about that that's actually really cool when you think about it now back to the bones part now like i said the bones there's actual when you see the little long parts those are actually their fingers i know that's kind of weird to think about but it's like those bones lean out and they lead out to their fingers there's four of them they're light and slender and they're meant to support the membrane of the skin the thumb, which you usually see, is like the sharp claw. That usually is what they use to glitch, you know, cling on to various surfaces, like on top of caves or on the walls and stuff. But unlike other mammals, their, le their limbs are positioned so that their knees, when they're bent, they point backwards while the bottom part of the feet face forward. They pr this, this helps them when they're trying to grip and hang, you know, upside down, like bats are notoriously known for. Um, but, you know, they've, like I said before, they actually have evolved their bodies to be better fit for their type of lifestyle now most of their flight muscles controlling the wings are attached to the shoulder blade um birds it's a little bit different because birds mostly is in their rib cage you know because they primarily use that breast muscle you know that's attached but bats the only thing is they have like muscles attached to their breastbone and their ribs are flattened and so it fuses together, and pretty much that gives them that frame light frame, that build that I told you guys before. Um, and that's what gives them that lightweight to actually fly. So I know that was a lot <laughs> for me to explain to you guys, you know, membranes and stuff like that. But I guess to sum it all up, to make it a little bit easier for everybody who wants to understand, the bat has evolved a very unique way of flight that birds do not do um like i stated before all of their muscles in flight come from their shoulders not from their breast muscles or their chest area like birds do um and with that light the skin that you see between their long fingers 
that actually helps them take flight because of how light and thin it is. And because of their small body shape, it actually helps the bat even have greater mobility in the air because it's easier to fly when you're smaller than compared when you're like a very big size animal. Hopefully that that actually, guys, helped you understand because that was a lot. Looking through my notes, that was a lot. Now, like we stated before, you know, the bats, bats have very different types of diet it, and kind of depends on the species of bat we're talking about. Um, more than regular, um, there are bats who eat insects. Um, in fact, bats are very notorious because they will eat over a thousand mosquitoes a night. And with the fact that we have to deal with mosquitoes a lot, that actually is a big help when you think about it. <laughs> because, you know, mosquitoes can transfer diseases to humans and other animals and livestock. So the fact that the bats, one bat can eat that many in one night is a very, you know, good thing for bats and good for us, too. Um, but just because, you know, bats, some bats eat insects, there's actually other species of bats who actually eat fruit and pollen like a butterfly would. And there's even some who... Don't even bother eating insects. They prefer to eat bigger food like fish and amphibians as well. Now, we're probably going to talk about probably the most famous and probably the most infamous bat everyone probably knows. We're going to talk about the vampire bat. Now, it is true that the vampire bat does only eat blood. That is the only thing in its diet that it eats. That is it. It eats nothing more. However... This bat doesn't go fly around and bite animals or people on the neck <laughs> and suck their blood dry and, you know, that person turns into a vampire. That's not how this works. That's how the movies tell you, but that's just not how it works. I'm going to explain to you how it works. First and foremost, a vampire bat is really, really small. Like, really, really small. Um, Most of it's you know, most of its blood it gets is from livestock or wild animals like cows and deers. It's been very, there hasn't been any proof or anybody has noticed from studies that vampire bats go after humans. I'm not sitting here telling you that it's uncommon that they probably wouldn't, but majority of the time, if not all of the time, they primarily go for deers and livestock animals like cows and pigs. You know, so you wouldn't have to worry about a vampire bat actually coming to bite you. Now, the way that they do this is usually they'll go for either an open wound already or they'll do an inc they'll actually bite in an incision on the animal's body, usually on like the legs or the hooves or whatever. And the bat will sit there, hop around if the animal's moving or not, and he'll just lick the blood up. Just lick it up, lick it up, lick it up, and he'll just continuously do that until he's full. Um, and that's pretty much the length of how it goes with the vampire bat. Typically, the wound and the bite doesn't hurt the animal at all. The deers and cows never really feel it. Um, the only risk that happens when a vampire bat does do this, this is it could transfer rabies. And, you know, rabies is a very deadly disease in, in the wilderness that, you know, livestock is susceptible to. Um, but that's really the only major risk is when a vampire bat does it is that it can transfer diseases that it already has to livestock or another nan or another animal. Um, speaking of rabies, um, that's actually one of the things I did want to clear up because a very well notion to people is that 
bats are covered with rabies. And surprisingly, they think they're dirty, you know, the dirty animals, all this stuff. Well, first and foremost, um, you, technically speaking, bats can carry rabies. Um, like I said before with the vampire bat thing. But the thing about it is, it's like rabies is more common in animals like foxes and raccoons and stuff. And it's very rare that, you know, you'll come across a bat who actually has rabies. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very rare for them to have it more susceptible than a fox or a raccoon. Um, surprisingly, and then another thing is, you know, bats are surprisingly very clean animals. They groom themselves a majority of the time, just like a cat would do. They groom themselves while they're hanging upside down. You know, they're very neat animals, you know. So that's something you also need to clear that up about as well. Because, you know, bats are just not as dirty as people think they are. Now, going to some other misconceptions. When I'm pretty sure you guys have heard the saying, blind as a bat. <laughs> you know, and, you know, people believe that bats cannot see that they're blind, and they just fly around the night just running into walls and stuff. Um, that's not how this works. Um, surprisingly enough, because as you all know, majority of bats, if not all of them, are nocturnal, so they hunt at night. Um, but bats are actually very well adapted to seeing in the dark. They can see. It's just they are very sensitive to very bright lights, and because their eyes have adapted to that nightlife, because... People, you know, studies have shown, and they've done this as a test, um, they've, you know, they turn the lights off, and, like, bats can see, but they'll, like, shine a bright light through a window, and the bat being able not to see, it, that's what causes them to crash into, like, buildings and windows and stuff, because the bright lights are going on, because their eyes are very sensitive to very bright lights. So that's why you'll probably never, ever see a bat flying in the morning, because the sun's out, it's very bright, they, you know, so they'll usually only fly out in the nighttime when it's the best time for them to hunt. And speaking of hunting, you know, bats have evolved a very familiar way to hunt. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard this before. Um, you guys have probably heard the word that bats use echolocation to hunt. And that is very true. Some species, especially the ones that hunt insects, We'll use echolocation to hunt insects, and I'll explain how that works. Pretty much, and how this works, is the bat will send out a sound wave. Um, and then what it does is it'll send it out, and then if that sound wave reaches an insect, it will actually reflect it back to the bat, and it'll give the bat a mental picture of what it is that, you know, in the direction where it needs to go to collect this prey item. I don't, now, I'm not trying to say, like, it'll know exactly what it is is going after, but it may actually get a mental image of there's some food here. And that's a great successful hunting method because the prey item may not be able to detect that it's being hunted by the bat, unless it's evolved a special unique to be able to, you know, sense these things. But that gives the bat the the surprise method because pretty much if it can sneak up and know exactly where to find these insects that without the insect knowing then you know that you know that's a bountiful feast for them on during the night you know and echolocation is a very common uh tool used by a lot of ant mammals bats are one of them um a lot of the whales and dolphins are another one that's why i said i'm pretty sure you guys have heard echolocation before um but that's, you know, the major tool of some bats, besides their sight when it comes to hunting. 
Now, the most common question that people ask is exactly why is it that bats are important? Because like I stated before, some people think they're dirty, they're nasty, you know, they transfer rabies, and we just cleared up everything about that. Um, but bats play a very pivotal role in our ecosystem. Number one, bats control insect populations. Because like I told you before, bats eat over a thousand mosquitoes. One bat can eat over a thousand mosquitoes in one night. And bats live in colonies which have over hundreds of members in them as well. So I want you to think about that. You know, one bat can eat over a thousand mosquitoes a night. If they continue to repeat this process, they can keep the mosquito population in check to the point that we don't have giant swarms of mosquitoes flying around. And not even just that, you know, they help keep other insects that we consider pests for our agriculture as well. Um, but let's not even count out the fact that our plant-eating mosquitoes don't have something to play as well, because they have a very pivotal role to play as well. There are a lot of fruits that you love and I love that bats actually help spread to pollinate. Um, one of the common ones is nuts and figs, and they even are responsible for spreading the cow cow, the, the main fruit that is the ingredient for chocolate. I didn't want to butcher that, but you know, you have to think about it. It's like if it wasn't for these bats, we wouldn't have a lot of our f favorite fruits and vegetables and flowers, you know. So these guys not only keep insect populations in check, they also help us keep some of our famous fruit on the table, you know. And these guys are actually in risk of extinction because of loss of population and diseases that are getting transferred to these bats. And that is something that is very tragic to hear because bats are... To me really really cool animals you know now that raises the question what is it you should do if you come across a bat well nine times out of ten you probably won't um unless you're walking around at night um bats do not attack humans they will more than likely avoid you um if it does come across that you do come across a bat you know like i stated before you know call your local wildlife specialist they can handle it do not try to step in and try to help this wild animal because it could be sick, it could have diseases, and you don't want to transfer that, you know, you don't want to get sick, you don't want to transfer that to other people or your own pets or anything, but, you know, leave it to a wildlife specialist and just try your best not to intervene because, like I said before, you know, these bats are very beneficial to the animal community, and they're beneficial to us as well. And you also have to think about it, too. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard about bat guano. And their bat guano, or in other words, their poop. Um, bat poop is actually very strong for fertilizer. It was even used in gunpowder back during World War One. You know, and it's like these little guys will just be able to, you know, produce stuff that's used for gunpowder. Their poop is strong for fertilizer. They control your insect pest population around you. And they also, you know, help pollinate a lot of fruits and vegetables that we eat and flowers that we see. And it's a shame that, you know, there the a couple species that are threatened and there's a couple that are vulnerable to extinction. You know, and scientists are doing what they can to help these animals. And you can also do your part as well by, you know, going online, going to your local wildlife fundraiser to learn more about 
bats or donate or take the time to you to educate yourself and then you can educate others because I think once you learn more about something you don't understand and it opens your eyes and it makes you realize that you know every animal has a role to play in its ecosystem regardless of if you don't if you think it does it or not and with that folks that'll be the end of our show today I do hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing all the research and recording it for you guys. Um, look forward to this every Wednesday. Um, well, and all I can say is just be on the lookout. I know I didn't post a schedule. I understand. I know I am sorry. <laughs> I am terrible. But I will promise y'all I will do better. So just keep on the lookout for it Sunday. It will be up this time, I promise. Um, just be for the last two and then I will see you guys next week and y'all have a lovely rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week and remember to stay wild and be safe out there and just remember I'm, I appreciate all you guys taking the time to come listen to me it means the world, love you all and I'll see you guys later <laughs>